0: You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer
1: Mallory O'Meara. And I'm Brea Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about how to set a mood, a reading mood. That was a saxophone I was doing I know, with my I out
0: <laughs> It makes me think of a uh, Careless Whisper by George Michael.
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I was, uh, yeah, that's what I was going for. That's definitely it.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm just uh, how do you just help you set the mood for reading, but first, what are you reading, Bria?
1: I'm reading a book you've already read, but I thought I'd talk about it because you've talked about it so much that I felt like I needed to read it. Oh my god. Gonna, oh my god. Oh my god. It's the book of the most precious substance by Sarah Graham. Yes! Grant. <laughs> yes. I just started it. I just started a couple of days ago. I will say can can con, concur, can agree. I can tell you. I have not been able to put it down. Um It yes! is definitely for people who like books about books. If you like stuff, steamy stuff, this is, uh, I'm only like 10% in, maybe 20% in. Um, But uh, it's about a woman, in case you haven't heard Mallory talk about it 45 times, uh, this year it is about, (laughs) um, but I'll make it quick. It is about a woman who um, has her own problems, but basically is in this situation where she's Uh, A book, she was a a novelist, but now she's a rare book dealer. And someone comes to her and says, oh, there's this book called The Book of the Most Precious Substance that someone I know will pay a lot of money for. And so that guy, uh, I don't think this is a spoiler, but that guy quickly um, gets killed. And then she goes on a quest to try to find this book. And there is a handsome man with her still right now. I don't know if that continues. Um, She has a sick husband at home who has Alzheimer's, some sort of early onset Alzheimer's, or something like that. And it's about her traveling around. And the book is like kind of sexy and rich people use it to, you know, get stuff. I don't know. It's not clear to me yet what it is. But anyway, Mallory keeps talking about it. So I decided I had to read it because I know it's going to be on her end of year list. And I was like, okay, I should read this and know what she's
0: talking about. I'm so happy. It is described Uh, as an erotic thriller, this book, an erotic thriller. Would you say it is? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Oh, there is no bit. One of the best feelings in the world is when one of your friends reads a book that you love and you can talk to them about it. (laughs) I'm so excited. Uh, What are you reading, Mallory? I am reading a book that's coming out next month. Uh, The end of next month comes out August 23rd, I think. Um, It is called Reluctant Immortals by Gwendolyn Kistie. And, folks, I think this is going to be a Glasser book. Um, It is... A It's about, it takes place in the 1960s in San Francisco, and it is about Lucy Westerna from Dracula and um, Bertha Mason from Jane Eyre, and they are in 1960s San Francisco, and they are best friends, and they have both they have banded together because they've both been made immortal by what has happened to them. And they both kind of talk about how their stories were sort of butchered by these authors and they're best friends. And they go to like the drive in every night and they like wear cool sixties clothes and stuff. Um, but they are, trying to escape from their past like lucy still has she has dracula with her in these urns that she has to guard and she's always terrified that they're going to break open and he's going to come out and then uh, mr rochester uh, is still out and about in the world and bertha is she calls herself b is hiding from him um and there- it's basically about these two women who have been as the title says made immortal reluctantly they don't they did not ask for this life and about them sort of banding together and getting out of their toxic relationships with these, like, nice. immortal monster men. Um so it's a historical book. It's a horror book. It's a book about free female friendship and it's super fun. Like I can, it's, I can totally see where, where you'd be like, Oh, is that kind of weird? Like taking these two women and from d- different books and putting them together. It absolutely works. It's super fun. It's a great summer book because it takes place in like in, um, in, or it starts in LA and then it goes up to San Francisco. Cause it's like, so it's like taking place in the sixties in California. And it's, uh, it's just really fun. And there's like some cult stuff that ha- happens, but a lot of it is, about their their friendship and their trust with each other and them trying to help each other get out of these terrible relationships and get over the trauma from these awful relationships that they had oh my god it's super fun uh, so that's Reluctant Immortals by Gwendolyn Kistie and mine is The Book of the Most Precious Substance by Sarah Grant. We want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. We got more people who wrote in about book tracking. So many emails about book tracking. I love it. I, there was yeah. a big discussion about it in the Slack channel. I love seeing all the ways di- different people track their books and reading. Ryan said, I was listening to your recent episode about the best way to track your reading and thought about how chaotic my method is. <laughs> first, I add the book onto my physical bookshelf right next to the last book I read. So they're all in chronological order of when I read them. Hmm. Wow. Okay. That is the first time I've ever heard anyone doing that. I love Pers- it. and a Personal I mark- chronology for organizing your bookshelf? Yes. And then Ryan marks it as read on Goodreads to track virtually. And then I journal about the book right inside the book. Yeah. <laughs> I do not have a method of what I track or how I write about it, but I always write a note on the cover page or, or one of those blank pages in the back. I've written reviews, ratings, sometimes just one word, good. It makes my library feel more personal and I love revisiting each book. Thanks for making a podcast I look forward to every week. I usually listen at least twice because they're so fun. This is- wow. Cool as hell.
1: Imagine getting, like, Ryan gives away some of these books. They end up at, like, you know, a used bookstore place, and you open it up, and it just says good on the inside. I love
0: it. You're like, all right, I'll buy that book. Good. It would be really cool, especially if you were doing rereads to see like what oh, did, who did we talk It was Ryder Strong who yeah. talked about how he he does this too. Um, it'd be really cool to like see what you thought of it last time and what you got out of this time. I think this is it is chaotic, but it I think it's chaotic good. He, I think this is oh it's chaotic extremely good. Yeah, cool for sure,
1: for sure. I um so in the movie High Fidelity, and I think in the book too, he organizes his records by. Uh, Biography—they're bi- biographically organized.
0: I remember yeah. you telling me about this. Yeah. So
1: it's not that weird, I guess. Which is kind of what <laughs> Ryan is doing. I love it. Yeah. So Helen wrote in and said, "I am thinking of starting a reading journal. Looking into Rocketbook smart reusable notebook. Um, I have a friend who have you used- seen these? I don't know it. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. I have a friend who uses one for general note taking, and she loves it because you can write in it like a paper notebook. Oh, you know, maybe I have. Uh, but then you can transfer what you write to a computer document via an app of some sort. Then you wipe the notebook clean and you just reuse it over and over again. They have full-size notebooks and small notebook sizes. I love this idea because you can carry the notebook with you anywhere, write whatever you want, save it all in your computer, and then reuse again. Great way to reduce paper use, which is great. Any glasses ever used this before, what do they think of how it works? Um, no, but we should add this to our Amazon wish list. Did you already do it?
0: No, I but I, I put this in here because I would love to see um if any other glassers use this, use this for reading. Um it is I've never used one of these, but I've seen them and I know some writers who love them. Um it basically is like it looks like a giant ebook mm-hmm. and but it's like a blank page and you can write whatever and then it just you know, you save that that page. Um
1: Oh yeah, I see. Huh. Rocket book reusable. Huh, interesting. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's very cute looking. Um it it is it looks very fashionable. I mean, this is the kind of thing I feel like I, u- I still use a lot of physical notebooks and this could be an interesting way to not do that anymore. Although this one's only $37. Are some of them not really usable? I thought they were way more expensive. Are some of them just actual notebooks? No,
0: they're not. They're I don't know. All... I'm looking right I'm looking right now. Yeah, it looks like it's only Oh, yeah. For some reason, I thought they were really expensive. Yeah, put it on our wish list. If someone wants to get us this, I would love to test it out. We'll see uh, see if it works as a book journal. Okay, done. It's on our wish list. And then Bethany wrote in with a wheelhouse, which is cults, books in which books and reading are key to character development or plot, intense female friendships, complex families, multi-generational stories, 70s, 80s, and 90s settings. Main character loves music, especially if there's a pivotal concert scene. (laughs) There are a lot of pivotal concert scenes Mm -hmm. in music books. That's interesting. Uh non fiction audiobooks, especially memoir, uh novels with multiple timelines, novels set outside the US that immerse the reader in that culture, in boarding school setting, outsider challenging the status quo. Definitely a glasser. Yeah, that's the the outsider is, yeah, that's a very that's a very glasser thing to say. Uh, So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, Quick bookmarks from us. UK folks, my London event has finally been announced. I am so excited. I'm going to come to the Waterstones on Gower Street, Wednesday, July 27th. It starts at 630. There'll be a link in the show notes. It's going to be me talking about girly drinks, uh, answering questions, um, maybe talking about reading glasses and books and stuff. It's going to be super, super fun. I would absolutely love to see some glassers there. Um, I'm going to be in the UK that whole week. Uh, The rest of the UK dates will be on my website. I'll put a link to that as well. But yeah, London folks, please come out Wednesday, July 27th, 630. Come hear me talk about girly drinks.
1: Quick note for me, uh, my... Movie I directed, Torn Hearts, is out on Epix, coming soon to your home. If you subscribe to Epix, if you don't, you should subscribe. It comes out um, on July 22nd. And also, if you're going to go to Comic-Con this year, I'm also going to go. I'm going to do two panels on Saturday, uh, one at 530 Which I'm going to stay at for 30 minutes, and then I'm going to go and do one at (laughs) 6. Because I got asked to do both of them, and uh, the five thirty one seemed cool with that. So um, come see me. You can look at my um, Instagram for when and where, but I will be doing those panels. If you're at Comic-Con, it would be nice to see some Glasser faces in the audience. The first one is about monsters, so I'll get to talk about Mary. Um, And then the other one is about... uh, women making movies um, and I'm on there with some cool people um, some cool other female filmmakers so um, yeah join us at Comic Con on um, I, both of them are on that Saturday um, July
0: the 23rd So before we talk about setting a reading moon we're going to take a quick break
1: Hey glassers, why don't we talk a little bit about feeling good Maybe you're feeling a little anxious and overwhelmed, not good at all. These feelings can make it hard to shift gears and get in the mood to feel good. But hey, guess what? With Dipsy, you can focus on what makes you feel good. That's why we love Dipsy. And Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Dipsy. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. Y'all know we love this app. It is so cute. It has all sorts of stories. You can go through it. You can see what you like. You can pick what you like based on what you're in the mood for. And you can also, one thing we really like, we like talking about, is you can skip forward to the sexy parts. Let's say you're like, I want to be on this car ride with these people for a little ways, but I just want to get to the sexy part. You can just skip right forward, because this is an app full of sexy stories. This app, Dipsy, brings all sorts of scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. You can find stories about that intriguing coworker with a British accent or hooking up with your hot yoga instructor. And... We really appreciate it. Dipsy even has sleep stories, wellness stories, and now they also offer written stories. So You can enjoy Dipsy no matter how you want to listen. And for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash classes. Can I just tell you... You're not going to get through all the stories you want to hear in 30 days, but 30 days will give you a shot at trying some out. And look, you have nothing to lose. Just go try this 30 day free trial. You're going to find all sorts of stuff you like. We've gotten amazing feedback from our listeners. And I have friends who are like, Dipsy sponsors your show. I love Dipsy. So, Go to Dipsy today and get 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A slash glasses. That's DipsyStories.com slash glasses.
0: Glasses. Hi, I'm Janet Varney. And just like you, I survived high school. And we're not alone. On my podcast, The JV Club, I invite some of my friends to share the highs and lows of their teen years, like moments with Aisha Tyler. But when you're a kid, the stakes are just pretty low. Go to school, try not to get in trouble, get laid. Jamila Jamil. I watched television probably every waking hour during that time, when I was shit-faced on medicine. And Dave Holmes. We talked and talked, and then everybody left. It was just us two, and I was like, I love you. Learn how you too can be a functioning adult after the drama and heartbreak of high school. Every week on the JV Club with Janet Varney. Find it on Maximum Fun, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a judgment-free show. This week, we're helping you get in the mood to read. (laughs) What if you want to get reading done, but you're just not in the mood? We are here to help you seduce yourself into a book. Bria, does this ever happen to you? You just like want to read, you're in the mood to get some reading done, and you're just not in the mood. Oh,
1: yeah, definitely. Happened the other day. I was on the couch. (laughs) Picture it. I was on the couch. I thought I could read that new book I got from the library that Mallory keeps hounding me about reading. Um, <laughs> the book that I'm currently reading. But instead, yes. I was already laying down, so I just watched TV and I was too lazy to get up and go get that stupid book. Um, even though I really wanted to, <laughs> but I just, I really was torn because I was like, I do really want to watch this TV show I've been watching. Um, so it was it was like I couldn't convince myself to do it. But what about you? Does this ever happen to you? Do you really want to read, but sometimes you're, you're just, Something keeps you back. Some some sort of invisible block keeps you from reading. Yeah, it's called
0: laziness. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I don't want to. I don't want to say that. I don't want to say you're, you're not you're lazy if you don't feel like reading. But I think it, it happens to me all the time. I think it happens to every reader. It's extra funny now because. I keep my little, I have a little metal rolling cart, which we should review at some point on the show because I'm obsessed with it. Um, but that's my TBR and it's right next to the TV. <laughs> so sometimes it's just like staring at me, you know, when I'm watching Helpful. something instead of reading. Because mm-hmm. um, really for me, is sometimes you're just not in the mood to concentrate because when you are reading, even no matter what, if you're reading an audiobook or a, a print book, whatever you're reading, you are pa- helping to power the story in a way that is not happening with television or a movie um sometimes you just want the story directly beamed at your face you know you yeah. don't you don't, you don't want to you're 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 tired you are stressed out for whatever reason or you're just you don't feel like getting up whatever it is you just yeah. don't feel like doing it and I, I the problem
1: i have too is sometimes i've talked about you know I, on an average workday i'll talk about two or three different stories because i've read a script i'm talking about a script i'm working on a script. Mm-hmm. so it's like i'm doing so much story stuff that i'm like i can't participate in one more story Which you think means I can't watch TV, but no, TV is just like a different kind of thing. You're right. It's just being shown to you. I don't don't have too much participation, but there's something about reading that it's like, yeah, it feels a little bit harder.
0: Yeah. I mean, it happens to me because I, for work, I research so much. So sometimes I'm like, I read two full books on Redacted because I haven't, we haven't, me and my publisher have not announced what the uh, subject of my next book is. Um, And then I sit down and I'm like, do I really want to read more? for fun, now mm-hmm. that I'm done with working. Uh, mm-hmm. And sometimes the answer is no. And so we're going to help tell, we're going to tell you how to fix this. Um, and bes- obviously, besides giving yourself permission not to read and letting go of the guilt, we want to say first off the bat, if you're not in the mood to read because you're tired, you're stressed, whatever it is, that is totally fine. Always let yourself off the hook, go watch a movie, go play a video game, go hang out with your cat, whatever you want to do. But sometimes you actually really do want to get some reading done and you want to get yourself in the mood to read, how do you do it? Bria, what sets a reading mood for you? What are some tips? So for me, switching locations
1: helps. If I'm in that situation where I'm I'm on the couch, which is where the room where I watch TV, it's going to be hard for me because TV's right there. The TV is taunting me. It's letting me know there are so many shows I haven't watched and people are talking about these shows and how am I going to have an opinion about these shows? Um, so, <laughs> I need to make opinions. So I have to physically move somewhere else. Um, one thing that really helps me personally, and I'm I'm very fortunate because I live in Los Angeles, California, um, I like to go to parks. I like to go outside. I put a little outdoor bench in front of my house. My dog loves it. We go sit on the outdoor bench. I read. She and And, and it's just something about it is just nice. I just move locations. Going to a park, making a date of it, but even if I just go to a different couch or go and don't sit at my normal spot on the couch where I'm uh-huh. watching TV, I just move locations. That is going to help because I just associate this with passive entertainment and instead I'm looking for something more active. What you got? What do you got? You got some tips?
0: Oh yeah, I go all out. First <laughs> off, I make sure the book that I pick is really compelling. I mean, that's that it. is really helpful. And mm-hmm. this is where dumping the book comes in. If you were in the mood to read, maybe you're just not in, in the mood to read the book that you have right now. Yeah, Maybe that's you true. just need a new book, and I get that. Uh, so uh, if I have not been uh, – I went through a big book slump this year, and to get out of it, you know, I just stopped thinking about things that I felt like I needed to read – and I picked out something that I was wicked excited about and curious about and rearing rearing to read. Mm -hmm. And so that really helped. And then I get a nice little snack or a drink or both so I don't have to get up, which is really helpful. Um, I make sure I'm in comfy clothes and I've got pillows and blankets and whatever I need to be cozy depending on the weather and the time of the year. Jeremy calls it like my little reading encampments, Mm. you know, because I'll be on the couch and I'll have a blanket and several beverages and a snack and a napkin. And it's just like (laughs) Mallory's little, little reading Outpost Mm -hmm. all the things I possibly Need within reach Mm -hmm. that's the big Thing Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I think That that the convenience is a Big is a big part of it Um, And and like you said everything's Within reach and so Do that keep that book somewhere where you're gonna Read it like I always have Mm -hmm. a few minutes In the morning when I'm eating breakfast and I could scroll Instagram because God knows my phone is right there. It's always right there. <laughs> I think it's attached to my hand. Or I could read. <laughs> and if I have a poetry book sitting right there that I can't ignore, it will encourage me to read. No mood setting needed. It's just there. I can just do it. Um, and that, oh, yeah. it gets me in the mood because it's so convenient. I don't have to, like, go find my book or whatever. It's just like, oh, this is just a book I can read in the morning. And it's kind of an easy thing to get me going.
0: Oh, that, that happened to me the other day, where I was finally done with work, and I changed into some comfier clothes, and I went upstairs because our our bedroom and our offices are downstairs, and our kitchen and stuff is upstairs. It's a weird mountain house setup. And I got on the couch, and I had a drink, and I was all, all like, got all comfy, and then I realized I forgot my cobo next to the bed, oh. and I was like. <sighs> Guess who doesn't feel like going downstairs? Yeah, yeah, again? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really it is ended a up watching. Thing. Yeah, I watched something instead. I, I was like, oh, I'll find a documentary to watch because I like. I just was so tired. I just did not feel like going downstairs again. Mm. I and I could. I missed out on a whole evening of reading. Because sometimes you just don't feel like it. And yeah, it's okay to fine. not feel like you want to go downstairs or uh, upstairs sorry. or whatever your, whatever your floor plan is in your home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. So as much as I focus on making sure I have everything I want or need within reach so I don't get up, I also make sure that everything that could distract me is not within reach. Because, like, if my phone I, – I I, I I have been trying to do this thing where I keep my phone nearby. Like, I'll put it on the coffee table. So if someone calls, like, I can look at it you know and see what's going like i can see if something my you know my excuse to keep my phone on me at all, at all times is like oh my god what if someone calls and there's an emergency so i can put it on the co- coffee table so if it's nearby i can hear it vibrating um uh, but i can act, I to actually like look at Instagram, I'd have to get up off the couch to go mm. get, grab it. You That's know great. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And same with the remotes for the TV. I basically make it so that I am so cozy and comfortable that I don't want to get up and that doing anything else besides reading would require effort. Right. I think that that is, that
1: is key. And your phone has a do not disturb thing on there and you oh, yeah. can set it for that and Give it exceptions for people who can disturb, so you know you won't miss those important calls. But you are on my do not. You're you're on my list. Oh, thanks, Mallory. <laughs> but I, I think like, look, you don't need to hear from like that text chain that is going to have like 45 texts today anyway. Like,
0: you no. don't have to look at that immediately. So you can always play, put it on do not disturb. Or Jeremy, my boyfriend has this thing, I forget what it's called, but he has it on his computer, but you can get it on your phone and actually like blocks social media oh, yeah. for uh-huh. however long you set it. Those things freak me out. We've talked about them on the show before, but you can always try it. Yeah, for If sure. you're like, get too distracted by getting on social media or whatever. Um, yeah. Try it, set your phone so that you can't, literally can't.
1: I think also thinking about reading time as like, this is my time for reading and setting mm-hmm. aside that time and realizing that this is self care. This is what you're doing is good for you. It'll make you happy. Just check any past episode of the show. And we tell you why reading is good for you. So if you think of it in the same way that you're like, Oh, you know, what's good for me is like relaxing in the tub or like the things we do that we're like, I don't know, sometimes it's hard for me to get started. But you know that at the end, if you go get the book and sit somewhere comfortable and get cozy, you'll be like, I just had a nice night reading like that. That Mm -hmm. will make you feel good at the end. And it's sort of like recognizing that it is okay to take that time for yourself and do that. And you don't have to clean the house. You don't have to catch up on whatever TV show people are talking about. You can just read your fucking book. Just sit there and it'll be great. And you'll have a good time. Mm -hmm. And recognizing that that is important, just as important as all the other things.
0: Yes, and I definitely do find that the more I do it, like I've been, I got out of a reading slump and I've been reading a ton lately. And just like it feels like the more you read, the more you want to read because mm-hmm. your brain's like, "Ooh, sitting here and reading my little book with my little glass of wine, like this is so nice." And yeah. it, it form it like so when you start, you start to think about reading as like a thing you get to do instead of like, "Oh, I should really do some reading," you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, my last tip for this is reading music. Um, Ooh. We did a whole episode on this, and people, some people can do can read like my boyfriend Jeremy cannot the the world has to be silent like he will turn off the cat water fountain sometimes like cannot listen to music when he's reading but i love reading music and a listener wrote in a while ago to suggest reading to video game music which is designed Mm. to be in the background while you complete another task and man that was a hot book tip oh yeah super flaming hot book tip it was i i love it it's definitely a great thing to try if you get easily distracted or have a hard time focusing um I think it could really help. At least it helps for me. It feels like it gives my brain, that distracted part of my brain, something to, like, focus on while the rest of my brain can focus on reading. And hot tip from, from your old friend Mallory here, if you match the soundtrack, that the video game music that you're listening to, to the genre of Ooh, your book, yes, um, a scary game for a horror book, you know, a fantasy game for a fantasy book, etc. it can make the experience more immersive. It can make a scary book more scary. Uh, it just feels like a, it really feels... I don't know. It's just, it's so fun. Like, I, I love it. It feels like you're in the book. You're really just like, it makes the experience so nice. I highly recommend it. I definitely think it helps me with focus. Um, I love it. And yeah. we, if you, uh, we've had a few people write in, but if you have a video game soundtrack that you love to read to, write it and tell me about it. Cause I want to listen to it and I want to try. Nice. Um, you can send your thoughts on setting a reading mood and focusing on reading to reading glasses, podcast at gmail.com. Before we answer a reader question, we're going to take a quick break. Today's episode
1: is brought to you in part by Nightfire, publisher of What Moves the Dead by T. Kingfisher. Y'all know, we love T. Kingfisher. We talk about T. Kingfisher's books all the time, and we are so excited for this one. This is a reimagining, y'all know you love reimaginings, of The Fall of the House of Usher by Edgar Allan Poe. Wow. Very exciting. Okay, I'm going to tell you what it is. This novella features a nightmare of fungal growths, Ugh, a real glasser favorite, Possessed wildlife, a dark pulsing lake, and all the squishy, cozy energy you could want from Kingfisher. The hardcover edition is positively gorgeous, featuring a gold foil stamp on the casing and custom endpapers illustrated by the author. Wow, that is amazing. You can go all sorts of ways with this. This edition is what we call an artifact, and you will definitely want this one on your shelf. Wow, this sounds amazing. Again, you'll know we love the Twisted Ones. We loved The Hollow Places. We love Nettle and Bone. Wow, this is just the latest by T. Kingfisher. You got to get this special book. This sounds amazing. So What Moves the Dead is on sale now wherever books are sold. What Moves the Dead by T. Kingfisher. Glasses.
0: Hi, I'm Biz, host of One Bad Mother. Whether you're a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week
1: as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent.
0: I signed my stepson up for a camp that is actually in another state. I feel really stupid, and I don't think we're going to get the money back. And then he found out that the car manual is a book about cars. So now he's reading our car manual we ha- are it, I, it, yeah.
1: so join us each week as we judge less, laugh more and remind you that you are doing a great job. Download one bad mother on maximumfun.org and yes, there will be swears.
0: Now let's solve the bookish problem from one of our listeners. Emily writes in, ladies. Ladies. I love that. I feel, feels <laughs> like she's like, she's walking into a bar or something. I love it. Um. She says, "Ladies, I'm participating in your reading challenge this year, but one question is plaguing me. What counts as a series? One of the challenges is to read the first book in a series. Now, in Glasser's world, does that? Oh man, I want to go to Glasser's world. I think you already live there. You're already in Glasser's world. <laughs> uh, does that mean I can read the first book in a trilogy or a quartet? Or does this series need to be boxcar children <laughs> length? I know I'm overthinking it, but I would love your opinion. Sincerely, an anxious, obsessive rule follower, Bria." What is the answer to Emily's question? Mallory can relate. Also an anxious, obsessive rule
1: follower. Um, okay, I think if there's more than one, we're sorry we don't, spe- we know there's a lot of rule followers who listen to glass gla- reading glasses, so we're sorry we didn't specify. I think if there's more than one, you can count it. I think it's fine. And if there's the promise of more than one, I think that's also <laughs> fine. So if you're reading one and it's like, or you see it, here's here's what you should look for. If, at the library or Go something. Go to Goodreads yeah. or the library. Yeah, it'll say in parentheses you know, uh, you know, book series, name, whatever, number one. Um, and that's how, how you'll know. And I, I, the reason I'm saying the promised one is because I think I read one that's just the promise of it. There may be a second one, but there's not a third yet. But I, I'm mm-hmm. saying if there's a promise of it, you can go ahead and count it. Um, what do you think, Mallory?
0: On one hand, I want to say anything past a duology because the actual definition of a book series is a sequence of books that have characteristics in common that allow them to be organized as a group. And because two can't be a group, because what is it? Two is a something. Three is a party. Four is a crowd. <laughs> I don't know. Five is a, yeah, I don't know. Five don't know. is a,
1: anything, cor- quartet, anything,
0: no? I don't know. Any, up, up, Uh? anything, a party and beyond (laughs) technically counts as a series. Um, But because it's reading glasses, I would say that if there's a duology that you're dying to read and you want to count the first book for the challenge, I promise you, we're not going to give a shit. Uh, In my (laughs) personal life, Emily, I am just like you. I am an anxious, obsessive rule follower. But you know, here on Reading Glasses, we just advocate on anything that makes you happy and want to read. The whole purpose of the Reading Glasses challenge is to expand both Brian Eyes Horizons and also er- all the Glassers Horizons. And I put this on the challenge specifically because I want I had been series shy for a really long time and I wanted to get back into reading series and it really did help. Um Yeah, like you would so, see that that parentheses that
1: said this series number one and you'd be like, I'm not one. going to read it. And like Oh yeah, I would literally not even pick it
0: up. Yeah. Because and so I was we're encouraging people to do that, which is why we're like, read that book number one. See if you like number one. Yes. So if they're You know, there's a lot of big duologies out there right now. The Hannah Witten books are a great example for the wolf and for the throne. Um, So I would say any story that extends beyond, that expands beyond one book. Yeah. You know, and whether that is, uh, you know, it's the first book in a three book series, first book in a 30 book series. It is all fine. I promise you, we're not going to care. The book police are not going to give you a ticket. Um, Anything that is a book number one. The book police give you a ticket, but it looks like a
1: little cute bookmark. (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> where would they st- like they wouldn't stick it under the um under the w- wiper blades of your car where would they-, they they would just stick it in your book in your book they come up to your book and then give you yeah they put it in the book yeah <laughs>
1: <Very> <laughs> we they will kind not of a do cute that for the you book police
0: honestly it sounds kind of adorable <laughs> the, the book police probably are pretty cute but we still hate them anyways um yeah. but yeah you know so if there's uh, any length of trilogy anything that is a number 1 anything that is beyond one book Maybe the book police say.
1: has that dog from Cookie Crisp, you know, who howls after what? the- is <laughs> Isn't that a police dog? The police dog from Cookie Crisp? And they're like, Cookie Crisp. That's the a well-trained cereal? dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had like a dog that would like- Maybe that wasn't a police dog. I, I,
0: think... I feel like it was though. I'm looking this up right now. The Cookie Crisp dog? I... Cookie Crisp dog. Is he not yeah. in a police uniform? Is he in a little police uniform? There are police involved, but he's just wearing a little red shirt. Oh, you're right. But, uh, that's not the dog I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah.
1: It is a policeman who has like an old-timey police hat on, and then there was like a man stealing, who looks sort of like the Hamburglar from... Yeah, and then there was a dog, and he'd be like, Cookie Crisp.
0: Yeah, maybe. I can't, but I can't figure out if the dog is defending the Cookie Crisp or the dog also wants the Cookie Crisp.
1: I should have to say this. It's weird that the... Um the policemen in these I'm looking at like the 80s version have um he has like a baton like he's what beating yes. the people who don't want who are, Oh wow right. there's a whole article called the confusing cookie crisp mascot history.
0: I'm reading on Mash <laughs> I'm reading the same one yeah, we're going to uh we're,
1: we'll we'll link to this so we all can figure out uh cookie crisp. <laughs> but
0: regardless we will not let the cookie crisp man near your book um Anything, any, I'm very interested to hear glass opinions on this, but I would say any, num no, any book that is a number one, that, that specifically mm-hmm. says number one, whether that's two books or, or 50 totally counts. So Emily, you are absolved of all of your book guilt, um, whatever. And also let us know what you end up reading. And if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to reading glasses Podcast at dot com. Time to answer a recommendation request from Lily, who writes in, Hello, and Mallory. First of all, I want to say how much I love the show, especially the way you encourage and validate reading in all forms. I have a recommendation request. I have recently read a, a lot of no- novels by Frances Harding and Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. I enjoy these stories because they center female protagonists and blend fantasy elements into everyday life. However, the main characters of these books all seem to be between the ages of 13 to 20. Can you recommend similar feminist magic realist fiction with characters who are older anywhere between 30 and 1,000? Oh. my wheelhouse includes supernatural themes fake relationships, books set in the Bay Area or other Northern California locations ghosts, BIPOC and female authors P.S. Mallory, your books are incredible you're such a smart, oh this is so nice she's saying very nice things about Lady from the Black Lagoon and girly drinks thank you, thank you, thank you uh, Bria, what should uh, Lily read?
1: should I do my favorite, oh, I thought you favorite were go twisted ones for this I don't know if she's in her 30s, I feel like she's
0: in her 20s. I think she is, I think she's in her 40s
1: what? In my head, she's in her 20s. There was another one that I I was like, because I, I was thinking Cackle, but I couldn't remember how old she was. Maybe she's- like, I almost did the same one, but I think she's in her 20s. I think so too. Well, I was going to maybe think Sourdough. I can't remember how old that protagonist is, but I know she's like restarting over, but I don't think it's fantastical enough for Lily if Lily is going like Sylvia Morena Garcia. So yeah. I, I was thinking maybe All's Well by Mona Awad. It's about a theater teacher who meets- Having a lot of trouble, uh, definitely over 30. I can't remember how old she is. I want to say she's in her 40s or 50s, maybe Actually, even? Oh, yeah, yeah, Um. And she she's- meets three strangers who are going to help her with her shitty theater kids. It is super dark. It has a really fascinating, dark, not that nice female protagonist, but I think it's super feminist, and she's, like, an adult woman with complicated feelings and kind of not that nice, and I sort of appreciate that about her. She's just, like, been through a lot and, like, isn't taking yes. shit anymore. Um not always making the best decision, decisions, but it has this magical realism element, a kind of fantastical element to it that I think mm-hmm. maybe that Lily is wanting. Um, what do you have for
0: Lily? Um, I, I'm so sorry to everyone because I have to, I keep recommending this book. I feel like I have to retire this book and put it in the Hall of Fame next <laughs> to Priest Daddy. It's Empire of Wild by Cherie Dimaline. Uh It ticks a bunch of boxes. We got the protagonist. She's in her she, she's in her early 30s, but she is in her 30s. Mm-hmm. Um we got Supernatural Themes. We got a BIPOC and, and female author. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about it so much on the show, but I really think it's a great book to read if you love Mexican Gothic. because It's a very feminist, female-focused, fantastical book that's not, like, totally fantasy or totally horror. It definitely has some, like, literary elements. Yeah, um, we've, we've talked about this book ad nauseum, but I will say, again, it's about this um, woman and she... Her, when we meet her she's in she lives in a, a native community in Canada and when we start the book her husband has been disappeared for the past year she still doesn't know what happened she doesn't want to believe that he's dead um she's dealing with like family stuff um and then one day she's hungover in a walmart parking lot and goes into uh, this revival christian christian revival tent that is set up in the parking lot and there is her husband preaching to the crowd and he does not recognize her and seems to be a slightly different type of person uh and it goes from there it is a werewolfy story so there's like there's it's 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 like and gothic it's got like horror mm. elements kind of fantasy elements but it's very female focused um and Bree and I are both just obsessed with this book we've recommended it a million times I really think it'll take a lot of boxes for Lily um so mine is uh, Empire of Wild by Cherie Maline, And mine is Oswald by Mona Awad. So you can send your recommendation request to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can buy so much cool stuff on our Void March store. We got shirts and sweatshirts and mugs and totes, all your reading needs. You can read on your couch while sipping out of a reading glasses mug and a reading glasses sweatshirt leaning on a reading glasses pillow. There's so many (laughs) cool designs, not just ones that say reading glasses. We have ones that say libraries are fucking awesome or libraries are flipping awesome. Book slut, Mal- uh ones that say reading and Mallory and Glasses and Bria and Podcast, which is really cute, ones with cats on them, ones with glasses on them. There's so many cool designs. Jordan really knocked it out of the park. We love it. Uh there's a link in the show notes for that. And if you like the show and you want to do something nice for us and you're like, man. I just don't have uh, the budget right now to buy a bunch of reading glasses stuff. We get it. That's totally fine. You can do something really nice for us but that's totally for free by rating and reviewing us on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's great for us and helps us get more listeners. You can email us at readingglassespodcasts at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at reading G podcast on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for reading. reading.